Welcome to the Dr. Bub's Performance Podcast, giving you the latest evidence-based research and cutting-edge insights for elite mental and physical performance. He's connecting you directly with the world's leading experts and coaches. Here's your host, Dr. Bubs. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dr. Bubs Performance Podcast. I am really excited today to be shifting gears into the realm of the arts. And I've got a phenomenal guest, Mr. Stu Brooks, a Grammy-nominated bassist who's worked with such artists as Lady Gaga, Lauren Hill, 50 Cent, Moby Deep, Mary J. Blige, and Tupac Shakur joining us today. Like a lot of elite performers, Stuart is very soft-spoken and reflective. And in this episode, I really enjoyed a lot of things Stu had to say, in particular around the idea of structure within creativity and how... There's this general roadmap with areas in which to allow the musicians to really improvise and show their creativity. I also enjoyed how Stu dives into this idea of being stuck and when things aren't flowing, he reverts back to listening and also reverts back to the fundamentals. And I think this is a tremendously uh, deep lesson for docs, nutritionists, trainers, athletes of getting back to fundamentals to really propel your skills and also to get back to listening when we're struggling as that'll usually help us find a lot of answers. Stu also talks about feeling stress in new environments which is something that a lot of elite performers will admit to and how most of us regular folk just don't ever think people like that get nervous so that's that's also an interesting finding and as we get towards the end of the interview the interview is really great it builds up towards the last few questions there Uh, And Stu's got some great insights, and I like the one around it's never too late. So listen in, enjoy this week's episode. As always, I'll be posting links at drbubs.com forward slash podcast for my layups, performance hacks, and some of the new singles that Stu has released. And of course, we are giving away a few prizes as well. So head on over to iTunes. And leave us a great review, number one. And number two, if you hashtag Dr. Bubs PP, that's D-R-B-U-B-B-S, capital P, capital P, on Instagram or Twitter, you can claim your free $50 gift pack with just a review and a quick hashtag on social media. Fantastic. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm joined today by Stu Brooks, a Grammy-nominated bassist, composer, producer, musical director, and co-founder of the genre-bending experimental group Dub Trio. Stu is a Canadian-born Brooklyn-based bass player. His bass performances have played a role in the creation of many Billboard-charting, Grammy-nominated, and platinum-certified recordings, including Pretty Light's 2013 Grammy-nominated A Color Map of the Sun, number 7 Billboard hit So Seductive featuring 50 Cent, and Tony Yayo's platinum-certified Thoughts of the... Per- Predicate Felon. He currently serves as the bassist and musical director for Grammy-nominated artist Mattis Yahoo, and will be touring this summer in support of the new album Undercurrent, set to release on May 19th, 2017. Stu, really appreciate you taking the time out today, bud. How you doing? Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I've known you for a few years here, but before we jump into your you know, impressive discography and career, can you tell everyone a little bit about how you got started in, in music, how you developed your passion? Was it uh, you know, a specific point that a spark was lit or did it evolve uh, over time? Sure. Um, I grew up in Oakville, and uh, Ontario, and uh, there was some good music uh, at the school that I went to, a good music program there, and um, I just kind of 
started focusing on that more and more. Um, I was um, more into athletics before that, and that's how I know you. Um, but then I, I uh, swiftly, like almost obsessively, got into music and then uh, moved on to uh, going to school in Boston, Berklee College of Music. And then um, from there, I moved down to New York. Awesome, man. And along the way, I mean, I know music's obviously highly competitive. Um, I mean, imagine, especially in the earlier days, like, were there some, any challenges that you faced along the way that you had to overcome in terms of, you know, building your career? Oh, man. I mean, it's not an easy career to go for, I, I guess, you know. But uh, I had a lot of support with my family. I mean, there was a little bit of a struggle going from, like, you know, the dream was a baseball scholarship business degree at Stanford um, and then shifting gears to uh, – <laughs> nice shifting gears shifting gears to uh, um, a music career and uh, so when I was in college you know that that was gr- a great environment and then I moved from Boston down to New York and yeah that was like reality struck and it's a very expensive city to live live in and 100% man I mean it definitely is a huge transition now what were some of the things that obviously you had a huge passion for music um you know, what were some of the driving things at that point when you're just getting things rolling that were kind of pushing you through and, and, and keeping you motivated and, and inspiring you? I started doing like five week programs in the summer before I graduated high school uh, down in Boston at Berklee College of Music. And I saw that the competition there and the level of uh, musicianship and just like an incredible pool of talent. And I was sort of mixing in with all these great musicians and I was thriving, you know, and I just, that was my dream. Like I couldn't, you couldn't shake that from me. And you see that a lot in, in team sport and in work environments as well, just this, you know, getting talented people into even more talented pools and how that sort of raises their game. Was was there a little bit of that sort of positive pressure on yourself to keep um, pushing the envelope in terms of your skills? Absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, like the creative environment in New York, it's super competitive, you know, like you have you have to put yourself out there and just continue uh like working put yourself out there every day like new york doesn't wait for anybody you know so um just got to keep on creating and pushing forward and the, and the band that you started with uh with dub trio now imagine you know you played high level team sports growing up teamwork's obviously crucial for elite high performance in sport but imagine there's huge parallels with working with a band can you can you talk about that a little bit yeah, I definitely like can make that um, parallel. Um, like being in a teams early on in my uh, like t- teenage years, like hockey and baseball, really like helped prepare me for a, for a band situation. And and even like uh, I guess like Dubtrio and I've been we've been a group for seventeen years now. Wow. Uh, and you know that's like a it's a brotherhood. And you know there's a lot of. Uh, balance and it is a trio so there is a special balance in a, in a in a trio always but um just like maneuvering egos and and over years there's so much baggage of of uh personality and um it's definitely very uh very uh comparative to a, a sports team for sure and when you guys first started out, obviously you guys had known each other from school. I think it is right. Um, um, yeah, Dave, the guitar player, and myself met in Boston in '98, 
and then we moved down to New York and uh, we were auditioning drummers and that's how I met Joe Tamino. Uh, and we've been a rhythm section ever since and later on we started Dub Trio. And is that an immediate thing where as soon as you guys start playing together there's a connection, uh, there's, there's a, something that happens there or is that you know, built over time or a little bit of both? Uh, it was actually pretty instantaneous, I think, like just the connection. Um, but of course, built over time, like the the bond just grows stronger, you know, and connection is, I mean, we don't even have to look at each other to communicate. Um, and uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we don't need to speak to communicate, you know, it's just, it's just uh, a look, you know, or... Sure. And so musically, I mean, it could be like a musical oral cue that, you know, we've developed or I don't know, just there's so many like subtle nuances that um, we've almost become one kind of being, you know, it's very 17 years is a long time (laughs) creating and practicing and working together. And that's a common thing I hear with, you know, uh, whether it's, um, you know, elite teams and obviously their self with, with music is this idea of, of really gelling and being on the same page without even having to physically, uh, verbally communicate. Um, and with dub trio, can you tell folks a little bit about how it works? Cause you know, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, ad libbing is the right word, but you, you guys, in terms of the, the, the style of music, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of creativity that goes into just when you're playing a gig, right. Versus just playing, um, rehearsed songs. Right. Yeah, we do rehearse a lot and like hash out parts like over and over and over again until it's like absolutely for sure innate. But then we do always create like little spaces um, for that um, improvisation and a little ebb and flow. And it's kind of like um, a dancing kind of thing between uh, instruments and uh, a conversation. So there's a little bit of. space for for that but then we always kind of bring it back into a to a tight kind of context or yeah exactly exactly like and so we'll make our sets kind of um maybe about 75 minutes long um and uh keep it like a roadmap intact but then have little spaces for uh the unknown awesome now, how does that differ? Because you're also sort of an, you know, as an all-star basis, kind of a basis for hire to some of the other groups. And so you jump in with another band. Like, how, how can you talk us through the difference there when you play with one group for 17 years and now you're jumping into a new band? Is it an organic thing to just start to get to know them? Are there kind of techniques or strategies you use to sort of blend yourself into that environment? Um, usually, if I'm putting in myself into a new environment, I'll... I'll stress a bit because I'm, it'll be a little bit of out of my comfort zone with the trio. It's very, um, like we're a sum greater than its parts, you know? So I feel very confident and, uh, with, with them, but then with, um, a a new situation, I'll, I'll do some practicing and like workouts and stuff and get back in shape. So I'm prepared to like, um, be outside of my comfort zone if that, what it's called for. And, and, uh, it's usually, you know, can vary. My styles can vary. Um, I do have my own kind of sound and the thing that I do. But so when I'm going out of my comfort zone, I'll do some preparation and and uh, try to put on a different hat or, you know, wear different shoes. For sure. And is that um, dep- depending on the style that you're, you're having to, uh, to jump into? Is it uh, like even new techniques that you would be or practice styles or is it just relying on things that you you know fundamentals that you've done for for years and years 
Yeah, it could be like revisiting some stuff that I hadn't been working on for a couple of years. Um, uh, like when I was in college, I, had, I definitely was a lot more nimble and um, my chops were up. But since then, I've sort of developed more of a, a focus on tones and playing a supportive role. That And usually with bass, it's definitely like you got to find your, your space. Awesome, man. Well, if we shift gears to even, you know, when it was time to perform, when you, when you're, you know, ready to go on stage, any, any rituals before you go on stage, anything that maybe you've changed over the years, whether it's with, uh, you know, dub trio or modest Yahoo? Um, you know, like I should be a little bit better at this, but sometimes, sometimes I'll do stretches, um, like hand, hand and arm stretches. But, uh, it's difficult to, to, to do that every time, you know, I, I'll do some like warm ups on the bass a bit, but um, usually I just dive in, and it can be. It's funny because like we'll do sound check right till doors usually, and then we have like a short amount of time just for for dinner. So I'll try to eat light and, uh, but like get some at least get some energy for for the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing how taxing it is, right, to be playing so many gigs when you're touring. Um, before we jump into that part, can you tell us a little bit about your, uh, you know, the creative process, if you're writing, um, you know, are you the kind of person who, who walks around with notebooks or sticky pads when ideas hit you, or do you kind of have a process you do when it's time to sit down and write and create? Yeah. Sometimes I'll type in something into my notes in my phone or something like that. But, um, if I'm not, uh, gigging or on the road, I'll be at the home studio working on whatever projects I'm work that happen to be going on um but then even even if i have a break from that i'll be writing stuff for myself and um just kind of or dub trio you know just kind of constantly creating and recording different ideas and for you is it like you kind of get up in the morning and you just crack at it or is it one of those things where you kind of ease yourself into the day a little bit and then it just starts to happen organically or is it like you set a timer for you know it's 10 o'clock let's let's do this kind of thing I tend to work from like 10 to six, but it, it is organic. Um, but, uh, I usually start with, uh, coffee, you know, I have to make my coffee and then, uh, perhaps go, go do yoga and then I'll go straight, you know, straight into the studio. Awesome. And any strategies that you have, like what, if you start to, you know, if creativity is lacking, if, if you're struggling to, to kind of really get things rolling, are there any things that you use to kind of spark that? Or is it just something that you, you know, you're patient with and you, you just let it come? Um, yeah, I think patience is in letting it come if there's ever like a little lull in creativity. But um, I'm surrounded by so, so many talented people and I'm constantly inspired by them or, you know, people are shooting me music. There's a lot of good new music coming out all the time. So, I mean, I'll do a lot of listening. And then if I'm not feeling creative, maybe I'll do like some uh, exercises, you know, or, or something to get back in shape on the base. So yeah, I generally just patience and, and do a lot of listening. I'd say. Awesome, man. Well, there's two key areas there that I want to, I want to circle back to one, one of them's coffee and the other one is this idea of the movement. So, um, can you tell us, I know you're a coffee, coffee lover. Um, yeah. How do you, uh, how do you take your coffee there in the morning? And is there a certain, uh, couple of doses before you get going or what does that look like? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm a big fan of the AeroPress, and uh, I have some 
of so many good coffee shops and roasteries in, in this neighborhood in Brooklyn, Greenpoint. Um, I have a few different options for beans. And um, there's one roaster that's out of, uh, I think, Norway. Um, his name is Tim Wendelbo. I might be wrong. Maybe it's Sweden. I'm, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but he's he's kind of got the third wave kind of roasting method. Um, he's he uh, he's pretty famous, I guess. But uh, he he has a, a cafe here called Budin, B U D I N, and uh, they distribute his his beans and. Awesome. So, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Anyone who's uh, traveling in the Brooklyn area, you get a spot to uh, to get some great uh, coffee. And I know you you travel with the uh, the Aeropress too, right? Like this is not a this is a yeah, serious, this is a serious thing, right? Yeah. Um, there's an Aeropress app that has different um, uh, recipes, so you can get like championship recipes or uh, recipes by country or by a roaster and. Um, I'll usually go with the blue bottle method, um, which is a great cafe based out of San Francisco, and they expanded to to Brooklyn and LA, and um, that's probably my favorite coffee, to be honest. And yeah, so I'll travel with a hand grinder, and and grind it uh, with love. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice as always. And how many? How many? Uh, is there a certain amount of cups in the day where you feel as your your sweet spot for for energy and productivity and all that good stuff i think it ends up being about three cups in a day uh spaced out and i'll go with variety as well I'll do an aeropress in the morning and then maybe an iced coffee later that i can nurse you know yep and then um probably something after dinner i like a dessert espresso or something like that and a little digestif like the french it's- yeah, awesome. but I probably drink more coffee than that, to be honest. <laughs> coffee is definitely good for you. It does have some uh, uh, some effects where it lasts in the bloodstream for a while. We had uh, Nancy Guest, who's an expert PhD at University of Toronto, who came on the, the podcast there to talk uh, caffeine and, and performance and stuff. So we'll link to that to the show notes as well for folks. Now, you mentioned movement there, yoga. That's got to be, um, you know, obviously music is, is so much creativity, but in terms of just physically you know, performing and playing, it takes its toll on you. So how is the, you know, movement-based stuff, some of the yoga, do you feel a big difference with that if, you, if you're on the road and not doing some of those things? Does it creep uh, up on you? Yeah, I mean, touring can be uh, so taxing on the body. And actually, I had um, some serious back issues about five years ago um, with, like, pinched nerves in my lower back. And uh, I was traveling and not being able to sit in a chair. So... At times I was face down in a little, um, like a bunk kind of zone in the, in the bus or in the van and, uh, and being on airplanes was impossible. And then I, I started swimming every day and that was my savior actually swimming and then got onto the elliptical eventually after I started, uh, recovering from that. And then, uh. I got kind of obsessed with fitness a bit and would incorporate that in my day on tour as well. But it would be super difficult because you'd have to find like a local gym or like the hotel gym, but we don't always have hotels. Um, or, you know, if, if no luck with either of those, then I use this app called Swerk It. Yeah. Um, which is great. Swerk It. 
um, give some guidance like on some all different stretching or workouts that you can do in your hotel room or uh, even yoga. And then more recently I started doing yoga. Uh, I did it. My drummer, Joe, he's, he's a yogi. Like he, he's a teacher and he's takes it very seriously and he's inspired me to get into it. And we did some restorative stuff on the last week of tour about two months ago. Awesome. And then as soon as I got home, I, I joined the local place here that just opened up and I've been going every day and it's, uh, the meditation aspect and also the movement, um, is really helping me with my, the rest of the day that I, I'm, I'm working, uh, I'm standing a lot and, uh, the, the instruments are heavy and I need to be ergonomic and, um, also I need a clear head for creativity. So it's really working out. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, with obviously with back issues like that, I mean, that's, you know, serious stuff. And all of a sudden you can't sit and even be in a comfortable position and, you know, you as a musician being on tour. I mean, I can't imagine the frustration and how difficult that is. So it's a really cool when people get back to this idea of just more movement and the fact that you added some swimming in to really start to, you know, restore some of those, that muscular balance. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, man, we had uh, Dr. Martin Kabbalah on. He's from McMaster University, world expert in interval training, hit-based training. And in, mm-hmm. his, in his lab, they used a lot of, uh, you know, music as a, in terms of to improve effort and performance. And it's something I've seen in the Red Bull Performance Lab out in L.A. as well. So that's kind of a cool, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll link to some of your tracks as well in the, in the show notes so people can uh, kick, up, kick up on the performance side of things as well. Right. Yeah. Certain tempos can really, if you can lock into a, a tune, that'll like just help keep you going. Right. Is that what you mean? Yeah. There's the, there's the, uh, there's two aspects. One of them they found was what, just what you mentioned. If you find a certain rhythm, then people can go for longer durations. But even just if people have, well, you know, there's all those, the loudest of the music, but even the genre that they like could actually improve the amount of work output, the power that they would produce on a bike. So, um, you know, there's a lot to, uh, to music and training for sure. That's interesting. Now, I'll have sh- to check that out. If we shift gears back to kind of being on tour, you know, you talked about trying to find places to fit movement in. You know, if we if we shift gears to the nutrition front, you know, how, how does that look like when you're on tour? Is obviously difficult to maybe get uh, what you're what you'd prefer to have. Can you walk us through how that's different from when you're at home? Sure. Um, if I mean, sometimes we can end up in some pretty interesting places, and like if we could incorporate a hike into the day or something like that. Um, that would be like, that's like the ideal. Um, we used to travel with bikes as well. Like we would, we have a trailer that follows the bus and we would have, uh, our bikes in there. Awesome. Um, that can't happen every time, but like being able to like explore and get exercise and just move around. Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody in the band bands that I work with are pretty health conscious and, um, like on our backstage rider, we have, uh, cold pressed juices and um, all everything's organic and a lot of fruit and kombucha and tea and, awesome. and we have good coffee and you know it's not it's not a huge spread but it's all very clean and uh, you know what everybody what everybody likes you know and uh, so like raw cashews or um, I mean. It kind of goes on. It <laughs> nice. constantly, constantly morphs the as time goes on. For sure. And what about uh, like if we had to pin you down and say, okay, on on tour, maybe in Europe or other places, like what are some of the places with the best food that you've had, even regardless of uh, just strictly on the tour uh, setup, and then some of the worst food. <laughs> um, man, like I guess the first thing that comes to mind is Israel, perhaps. 
like just enjoying all the different food there. Um, awesome. I wish I could spend some more time in Asia, but uh, we we might in, at the end of this year go to Philippines. But uh, I had a meal of a lifetime in Malaysia once. Um, but we always like to try the uh, the local cuisine and like get a little taste of the culture. We always think of uh, Anthony Bourdain, you know. Yeah, great show. I love his stuff. Yeah. You know, and try, try to live his life, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, so Israel is one of the best. What about, uh, can you can you give us one place that was maybe a bit disappointing or any, any I mean, horror stories? Yeah, I mean, we travel in middle America a lot, and, you know, that's very challenging. But I think um, health consciousness is on the rise, I think. Like yesterday, I was on the... I-95, you know, um, the, in between Philly and New York, and there was a, a gas station that was a lot more health conscious. It was the first time I've seen that actually in this area. Like, because um, normally it's like fast food, you know, oh, where for sure. Where if you travel um, in Germany or Italy, it's like I've had one of the best pasta experiences at a gas station, you know, like. <laughs> Madness, right? You know, we're deprived. We're deprived here a bit, and I think it's on the rise and becoming a little more accessible. For sure. I mean, one of my go-to's for a lot of people is, uh, you know, especially the things like jerky. Now they've really cleaned up, so like jerky and nuts, you can pretty much find at any like gas station, supermarket, airport. You know, if you're really in a pinch for some protein and some fat, so right, uh, right. Yeah, you're right. In, in Europe, it's amazing how just the, the bog standard, you know, average stuff is just still a grade higher than what we got over here. Um, now, if we shift gears again to kind of this idea of work-life balance, you know, being an entrepreneur, an artist, um, you know, people who are self-employed, it's very similar. How do you, how do you find kind of balancing that future state of always being in the planning mode of what you're doing next or the f- next tour that's coming up, with uh, being at home and being in this kind of now present state where you just, you know, you're 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 not always in that future uh, planning stage. Like, is that a struggle? Do you do you flip the switch on that pretty well? How does that work for you? Um, yeah, I mean, there is a little bit of challenge with like changing gears on like coming home and from tour, um, almost like just attention deficit kind of, you know, there's constant stipulate stimulation on tour. Um, but you know, I try my best to live in the moment, I guess, and not do too much planning for the road and just, you know, like I'll pack for, uh, a month long trip the day before because basically I just kind of plan for a week. Like I try, like I get enough clothing for a week, you know, and everything that I'll need within a week. And then just kind of, that's, that's it. It doesn't need to be much more than that. But, uh, sometimes it could be a drag, you know, like I have my wife here and, um, I love living in New York and it's, you can miss it, you know, but I am addicted to the travel and, and, and the constant, um, performing, which is great. Not everybody's cut out for it. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's amazing in terms of travel and, and this, the excitement of, of following your passion and being on stage. I mean, just a great dopamine response in the brain and it's, uh, you know, must be obviously exciting to keep pursuing all those things you know, what's, what's next ahead for you? What's kind of in the, in the works in the months and years coming up? Um, where do you see yourself progressing? Um, well, we're on the beginning of a new album cycle. So the, the new Modesty Hour record comes out May 19th. And so then that means we will probably tour for about two years just on that record. Wow. Uh, 
uh, it's on and off. It's not as heavy as it used to be, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's just by choice, I think. Um, so up until June, we'll be doing one-off stuff in the U.S. And then June, I go out to Europe for a bit. And then July, we're on tour with UB40 and doing some like kind of reggae type shows nice. in the U.S. And then August, we'll be um, back in Europe through September and then possibly Philippines and then a whole national tour for three months right up until that'll be like October, November, December and kind of continue on that path. I'm, you know, I'm just going to keep doing that. And in the spaces between tour, I'm, I'm working on production stuff. So I'll produce some other artists music or do mixes or remixes. And, uh, I kind of want to build that a little more. So, I don't have to tour so hard to make the money. The, my Most of my income is from touring, but over the years it's starting to balance out a little bit more with the making uh, a little bit of dough, uh, doing production stuff at home. So maybe awesome. it'll balance out a bit. Absolutely, man. Well, awesome. You've given us some great, uh, you know, the listeners some great tips on, on, on the nutrition and movement style side of things when you're on the road. And of course, a little bit about your creative process. For people who are kind of stuck in a, perhaps not even stuck, but with their day-to-day work as docs or nutritionists or, or, or self-employed uh, entrepreneurs um, who are not so much in the creative space, like any, you know, we see so much in the in the research or in health research, it's, it's so beneficial for overall health and cognitive function and emotional stability to have more, you know, creativity in their lives. So any, any tips for folks to just get more creative or to do things on a day-to-day? To help I mean, you can, you can get a bass guitar for $100, pretty awesome. good one for $150 maybe. And uh, I don't think it's ever too late to start an instrument. And, you know, um, I, I would say bring music into your life. Um, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it heals the spirit. It, make, it can bring joy. So I'm sure people know that. And, but maybe it's just like, oh, they think they're too old for it. Or I think you can start at any time. Awesome, man. That's uh that's great advice, and that's definitely something for me. I mean, after university, you know, traveling, working abroad, and stuff, things like music were much more part of my life. And then you get into the day-to-day grind of being in clinic and whatnot, and so it's something that uh, can easily slip, slip off. And so uh, that's, I think, that's a awesome tip. And then uh, I want to respect your time here, man. I know you're you're a busy guy. So the last question here is um, sort of that thirty thousand foot view here. You know, why do you do what you do? Hmm. Well, it's that's um. A great question. <laughs> uh, ask myself that all the time. No, I mean, I guess uh, part of it is selfish, you know, because it it does just bring me joy to to make music, and it feels great. Um, and then to do it in front of different, you know, hundreds or thousands of people a night, um, and just connecting with people and seeing other people get joy from it. I mean, that's the best, you know. Um, and, uh, then there's just like achieving or like setting and achieving goals and constantly personally not being satisfied and continuously making more goals and trying to live life with a high standard and, and, and with a certain set of principles and live a, a quality life doing art. That's awesome, man. I mean, it's incredible following your passion. Like you said, 
setting goals, achieving the goals, and of course, you know, bringing joy to uh, people around you and also everyone who's listening in. So that's, it's, it's really inspirational, man. I mean, I thank so much for, for taking the time today. I mean, we go back a long way, so it's pretty cool to be able to do a podcast uh, like this with you. Um, so can you tell folks a bit where they can connect with you on, the, on social media and, uh, and keep tabs on the, some of the upcoming tours? Sure. Um, well, I use Facebook and Instagram. So Stu Brooks um, on Facebook or Stu Basie Brooks on Instagram. And then with Modest Yahoo, which is my most active band, uh, he has a website. It's modestyahooworld.com. And that would have more like touring dates and updates on new music, which is pretty active at this point. Awesome, man. Well, we'll put links to all those in the show notes, put some links to the, uh, to the singles as well. Um, really appreciate you taking the time out today, man. And thanks again for everyone else who's tuning in. As always, you can find all the links and podcast summary in the show notes at drbubs.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Bubs. And of course, if you enjoy this show, subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. The Dr. Bubs Performance Podcast endeavors to provide accurate and helpful information to listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Dr. Bubs Performance Podcasts.